You are Locked On Hawks, your daily Atlanta Hawks podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, friends. Welcome to episode 851 of the Lots on Hawks podcast. I am your host, Brad Roland, coming to you on a Wednesday into Thursday. And today's show is brought to you by rockauto.com. Amazing selection, right below prices, all the parts your car will ever need, rockauto.com. Before we get to Anthony Irwin of Locked On Lakers and a discussion about all kinds of free agent stuff, uh, I would say headlined by Contavious Caldwell Pope, there's a little bit of news to get to real fast at the top of the show today. And uh, first of which is a report from Chris Haynes of Yahoo, who notes that a, quote, substantial faction of players and star players, end quote, are pushing for the NBA season to start on January 18th, which is MLK Day, with free agency starting on December 1st. Um, just as a note there, substantial faction could mean just about anything. Honestly, it remains to be seen how many players and, uh, that actually entails and how, and how the player association as a whole will sort of approach all of the negotiations that are going on here. Because of course the big reporting from earlier was that the owners and the, and the league side are pushing for Christmas or even before Christmas up to December 22nd. So keep that all in mind. All indications are that it's, you know, it's real money apparently, at least by uh, all of reporting, to push for late December instead of waiting until January. And u- usually money wins. But I, I do understand the player's side of not wanting to quick, uh, sort of quickly turn this thing around in the same fashion. Also worth noting, by the way, that if a mid-January start were to happen, the league would probably take the season into, into September, by all counts. And that would not be what they want to do, because the, I think the, probably the whole, uh, at least the main goal or one of the main goals is to reset the calendar, get back to a sort of normal schedule. And uh, this year that would go into the Olympics, all that stuff. There's uh, all kinds of factors into uh, wanting to start faster, even if the uh, the rest side of things wouldn't be ideal. Um, by the way, as a follow-up to that, Adrian Wojnarowski uh, reported on Wednesday that the NBA is, quote, likely to release its 2020-21 schedule in halves to allow for flexibility and the play-in tournament remains a significant part of the league's plans for next season, end quote. The play-in tournament stuff has been out there a little bit, but that's interesting and worth noting, especially for the Hawks, who are now, at least on paper, going to be competing for the playoffs and uh, as such could be sort of landing in that range for the play-in tournament for next year if that were to happen. But the halves schedule... Also makes some sense to me just because of the fact that there's so much uncertainty with fans potentially being in arenas, scheduling. We've seen now with baseball and football, especially college football and the NFL, honestly, that, um, you know, flexibility is king right now with as much uh, scheduling conflict as there has been with postponements, etc. It'd be a good idea, I think, for me to build in the uh, schedule a little bit more flexibility than you might normally have. That's just kind of a no-brainer in my view. And by the way, from there, Woj and Zach Lowe reported that about 10% um, of the overall revenue of the league went down last year as a result of the uh, weirdness and the cancellations. That's actually better than I thought it was going to be, honestly, but there's still a ton of uncertainty with everything. So we'll bring updates as they come along, but uh, just keep that all in mind. That's the latest as of Wednesday when I'm recording this in the early to mid-evening on the East Coast. So things could change, but there we are on that. Okay. Uh, as I said before, we're going to take a quick detour from the draft stuff again today to dive back into free agency. Uh, just as a reminder, if you missed any of this, earlier in the month, we spoke to Greg Wissinger on Buddy Heald, Bogdan McDonough, and the King stuff. From there, we talked about Adam Matis, um with Jeremy Grant and Paul Millsap. 
about the Denver Nuggets, and then Fred Cass came on to talk about Davis Bertans and the Wizards, and today's episode is going to be Anthony Irwin of Lockdown Lakers. We, we talked about Catavius Caldwell-Pope for the most part. He's one of the more interesting potential free agent stuff for the Hawks. Also, we briefly touched on some guys who are free agents for the Lakers as the offseason arrives, so keep all of that in mind coming. Also, there's tons of draft content still coming. This is sort of a hiatus day for me on the draft, but we are pressing in with less than three weeks to go, including yesterday's episode was pretty much all draft-related, uh, with the exception of one question that I answered about a free agent. But um, I, won't re- I won't read you the full, the full list of guests that we've had, but in, in addition to Brian Schroeder, who's been coming on a ton recently, we've uh, been joined by Zach Milner and Ben Pfeiffer, Max Carlin, Brendan Clean, Tower Jones, Jackson Frank, P.D. Webb, Ricky O'Connell, um, Zach Hood, many, many more. And again, pretty much all the conversations are still up to date, honestly, given the weirdness of this extended cycle. So if you want to catch up on any of that stuff or just find yourself with some extra time uh, driving around or whatever, plenty of draft content to go back and find in the archive. Okay, before I bring in Anthony, I want to tell you about our sponsors on today's podcast, and the first of which is rockauto.com. Chain stores often have different price tiers for pro mechanics to do it yourselfers, but at rockauto.com, prices are the same for everyone and they're always low. Instead of the market changing prices, rockauto.com simply presents the lowest prices possible at all times. No matter what kind of car or truck you might have, rockauto.com has everything you need, just a few easy clicks, and they'll have it delivered directly to your door. And the rockauto.com catalog is also easy to navigate. You can quickly see all the parts available for your vehicle and choose the brands, the specs, and the prices that you prefer. Rockauto.com is for everybody and does not require membership or an account login of any kind. And best of all, prices at rockauto.com are always low and the same for pros and do-it-yourselfers, so why spend more for the same exact parts? Go to rockauto.com right now, see all the parts available for your car or your truck, and from there, write Locked On in their How Did You Hear About Us box, so they know that we sent you to them. Amazing selection, reliable low prices, all the parts your car will ever need, rockauto.com. Anthony, thanks so much for joining me on the podcast. How is the off-season treating you? Because it's just now the off-season for you, whereas uh, I've been in the off-season for quite some time. I feel like I'm, I'm walking into like a bar <laughs> and, and then like, it's, it's, you know, I'm, I'm meeting a friend at a bar and my friend got off work way earlier, you know, and I'm just showing up like, all right, yeah, a beer sounds good. And you're like, it, I'm already on tequila. Like, <laughs> I'm, I'm, all, I'm way past, I mean, I've been here for a while. No, it's, it's been, um, it's been, it's been interesting because like, we're technically in the off season, but I, I don't really know when the off season starts. Like, we don't know when free agency is. We know when the draft is. Uh, there haven't been any trade rumors or anything like that because the NBA apparently wanted to, you know, really kind of hamper down on on the number of those stories and stuff. So we've just kind of been sitting here in limbo. Uh, and 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 yeah, you're, you've been you've been here for a while. Yeah, it's uh, far different to cover the team that won the championship, uh, the, the team that you cover, versus the team that had not, has not played in seven and a half months. But now we're now I guess we're on a level playing field for a few weeks, um, given that the offseason is somewhat here. And yeah, the uh, uncertainty of the timeline and all that stuff. But um, you know, people who have been listening to the podcast would know this, but this is sort of a continuation of a series I've been doing. Um, the main guy we're going to talk about um, later on is, is Catavius Caldwell-Pope, a Georgia uh, resident. Um, at least previously, um, but we'll come, we'll come back to him later on. I do want to sort of breeze through the other guys on the Lakers. Um, number one, Anthony Davis is not leaving Los Angeles, so <laughs> let's just say that out loud. Unless, you, unless you're going to break, break news right, right here on the podcast, Anthony. I'm going to assume that's true. Oh, well, I'm going to put my Brian Windhorst voice on and say, don't aggregate this, but no, no, there's there's no news here. I mean, the that's it. I would be like, I think Clemson was something like, 10,000 to one favorite or, or yeah, favorites or something like that. one to 10,000 uh, favorites <laughs> over their last opponent. So you would have had to bet like a thousand bucks to, to make a dollar. 
um, on I think that was on their money line. And it, I think it should be a right around there too for for Davis coming back to the Lakers. You can you can make your one dollar by by wagering uh, ten thousand uh, yeah a thousand dollars or ten thousand dollars on it whatever. He's not. I don't think he's going anywhere. He seemed really really happy. Uh, and and now whether or not he's a Laker for life from this point, I think is is a more interesting question. But I don't think he's going anywhere. Yeah, it, it's actually funny, you know. Back in you know six months ago, maybe longer, uh, you would get the occasional. At least I would get the occasional question about AD. You know what ha- what happens if it goes south with the Lakers? Could the Hawks just offer him the max or whatever and get him to come? And uh, those just stopped coming. And you know, fan- <laughs> fan- fans are always uh, very hopeful, as you well know. It's a very yeah. good indication that. Um, it's a foregone conclusion that guy's not going to be leaving when the fans stop even thinking about him leaving. Um, so that's kind of what it was. It came down to like I suddenly just had this vanishing thought about AD coming to Atlanta. Not that he was ever going to come to Atlanta anyway, but um, that even the most hopeful fans were like, "All right, let's just stop asking about this." <laughs> yeah, I, I, I mean, I guess the way you premised it, right? You were asking who makes sense for the Hawks. I think AD makes sense for the Hawks. It's just a oh, matter yeah. of whether or not <laughs> whether or not he would go. AD, AD would be great for the Hawks. Uh, we could spend lots of time on that, but it, it, it's not going to matter. Um, yep. Okay, moving on from there. There's this selection of guys who some of them have player options, some of them are free agents role players for the Lakers. And we were talking before we started recording. I don't think any of them make a ton of sense for the Hawks. A couple of guys who I just know don't make sense. And that is JaVale mm-hmm. McGee and Dwight Howard. Um, the Hawks just don't need a center of that kind. Dwight has been here before. That's not going to happen again. I don't think um, I, I'd be surprised if either of them, I, I guess JaVale has a player option. Dwight is a free agent, but, and could leave, I suppose, but those guys aren't coming to land. I don't think. Well, it'd be fun if Dwight just started a redemption tour throughout the country. <laughs> would it? Would it be of... fun? Would it? I'm not sure it would be. <laughs> I mean, the key is the key is for that team to also have LeBron James and Anthony Davis, and, and I don't think that's going to happen. So, JaVale uh, is interesting because, like, usually for anybody on a championship team, you usually say opt out because you get the championship, but uh, you know, bump on your on your paycheck. And normally I would, I would agree with that, but JaVale's in this interesting spot. Cause I don't believe he's making, I think he's making more than the veterans minimum. And I don't think anybody would give him anything more than the veterans minimum. So if he was to opt out, I don't think he would get anything better than his current deal. Dwight's interesting because I think a lot of teams saw Dwight buy into the role that he should have bought in, bought into like throughout his career. And, and if he does that with any other team, he's still a very valuable player. I'm just, I, I would still be hesitant to, to, to buy into him actually doing so. And, and even then, like, are you going to, would you do anything more than the veterans minimum for him? And if he's just going to get the veterans minimum anyway, he may as well just stay with the Lakers and, and continue this, this story arc that he's been on. Yeah, I, I think uh, I, I will give I, I will give Dwight credit. I've been critical of Dwight. I thought he was bad in Atlanta all and all that stuff. But I'll give him credit. He 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 really helped the Lakers. Um, I think he played well. Like you said before, it's it's a lot easier to do that when you're buying in on a title contender playing alongside LeBron than it would be somewhere else. So I personally will always have my guard up with Dwight, and uh, him going to a non-contending team would not be a good idea in my view. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I think. Uh, I think he probably should just stay with the Lakers, but maybe maybe somebody gets aggressive and offers him, you know, six million dollars a year. I wouldn't blow me away. Like just on the court, what Dwight gave them this year, like, is more than a minimum player. 
It's just yeah. whether you want to deal with Dwight. <laughs> right. Well, and, and, and the thing with Dwight, it's not just that you have to have a contender, but the Lakers were front runners for most of the year. Yep. Right? They were winning a lot. They, they won more games than everybody else in the conference. And the second that, that anything would, you know, potentially go south, would Dwight also go south? And I just think he's done so much damage at his various stops and then, you know, everywhere in between that I, I given the market right now and given the insecurity of it and, and nobody really knows quite yet what the cap is going to be, I don't know if I would offer Dwight more than the minimum. I don't want the Lakers paying him more than the minimum. I, I just think... You know, there's there's too much downside there once he gets paid. You know, the, the big reason why he was as good as he was this year was because he needed to stick it out with the Lakers in order to get paid. Otherwise, his career is over. And I, I don't want to be the team that, that that first rewards him for that. Yeah, I tend to agree. Um, moving on from there, you know, Rajon Rondo, the Hawks do need a backup point guard um, very clearly, but I don't think he's a great fit for that role. And also... I mean, what do you think about him coming back to the Lakers? I, th- I feel like that's a spot where it just makes too much sense to bring him back in some form or fashion, but I could be wrong. He's in, like, he's like the opposite of JaVale, where I think contending teams saw playoff Rondo was actually somehow still a thing, and they might talk themselves into, well, he helps. He, he did help the Lakers locker room. Uh, he did fully buy into a winning team, and, and if you can provide him a winning situation— Maybe he can be as useful to your team as as he was to the Lakers. And if he is, you know, if, if playoff Rondo really is a thing, he is somebody who a contender should pay more than the minimum to. Uh, and, and you know, he's – I said earlier, JaVale shouldn't opt out because he's being paid more. I think he's about $4 million a year. Yep. Uh, I think, uh, you know, Rondo, Rondo probably will get somewhere around there too. Like the, at least three, I think. He'll probably double what he made uh, this this last season, just because of the fact that everybody saw that playoff Rondo. Not only is playoff Rondo not a myth, but he was <laughs> at times like the, the Lakers, you know, third or fourth best player. It was the it was the most insane thing I, I think I've seen in my time watching basketball. Yeah, Rondo really helps, and uh, he's a very bizarre player. But when he was right and playing well, he was obviously a big part. Of the title run, so uh, yeah, I think you know back to Atlanta. He's not. I don't think he's gonna be a fit for all parties. But no. there you go. Because well, um, Atlanta's, they're still in that rebuilding phase, and that's the one situation you do not want Rondo in. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> totally agree. Uh, you know, on paper that they need that guy behind Trey, but he's not the uh, archetype for that. I wouldn't say. Um, Honestly, this is funny. The one guy that's not KCP that I think actually might be an interesting fit for the Hawks on a very small scale is Jared Dudley. And the way that I would put that is you put him in the Vince Carter leadership role. Like, he might not be able to play. I'm not sure how Jared Dudley is on the court right now because he's not just played very much. But in theory, he could maybe be your fifth forward and shoot a little bit off the bench. But more importantly, give you that, you know, old vet that everybody loves in the locker room. And uh, he's a free agent. So there you go. Yeah, I uh, I think Dudley would like to follow the Vince Carter mold because he would immediately have a job right after he retires. Yep. Uh, he's, he seems he has made no qualms about telling people what he wants to do as soon as his career is over. And I think he'd be fantastic in NBA media, uh, to, to be completely clear. I, I love it, honestly, for Atlanta. I think he really helped Kyle Kuzma. He's talked throughout the year about, you know, 
what it takes to to commit to playing defense and commit to being a role player and what the upside is if you do uh, commit to that role and are successful in it. And I, I think, you know, for any young team that has that relies at all on wings, which should be every team in the NBA, I, I think he's very good in in mentoring that specific player, the the guy who might not be a star, might not be the team's second or third best player, but needs to buy in in order to, you know, lengthen their career. Dudley is is very good at talking people into that role. And and frankly, like I would like him back on the Lakers just for that specifically with Kuzma. You know, if Kuzma wants to be a lifelong Laker, I think Dudley should be here for at least another year just to keep reminding him, look, yeah, you could go to another team and score a bunch of points and not win very many games and get paid because of the production, but it's just going to be a one contract thing. Whereas if you're if you are productive on a really good team for multiple years this early in your career, you're really really going to get paid somewhere down the line, and that's going to be sustainable paychecks like we've seen with like Danny Green and and and, and guys of that mold. Yeah, and uh, this is a, maybe a small thing, but also maybe not a small thing. Um, one of the reasons that Vince Carter came to Atlanta when it didn't make a ton of sense on paper as an old guy joining a rebuild is that Atlanta is a great place for media. Um, obviously, so yeah. is so is LA, uh-huh. but Atlanta that that was really appealing to Vince, and Vince got to do some stuff with Turner and do just kind of be around um, Turner's headquartered in Atlanta. Um, all that stuff that's just it's an offshoot. But given what you said about him about Jared Dudley wanting to do media, um, outside of maybe LA and New York, you couldn't find a better place if you wanted to do that in your spare time. Uh, Vince, mm-hmm. the, the Hawks even let Vince Carter um, broadcast a game that they were playing in, and he was healthy. That, that actually, that actually happened. They, they gave it was, it was, I think it was a back to back, if I remember right. But they, they gave yeah. Vince the night off, and Vince broadcast a Hawks game the entire game in the booth with Dominique and Bob Rathbun. And Vince wasn't hurt; he was just they let him do that. So I, I bet he was really good too. He was. Vince is going to be good on TV. Um, but and so so is Dudley, I think, eventually. But okay, that's a guy I wanted to ask about, even though it's not like hugely consequential. He will be the end of the bench if the Hawks sign him, but. I wouldn't rule it out. Yeah, just get ready if he is a Hawk, if he does go to Atlanta for that specific reason. Just get ready for a bunch of direct messages where he asks you to retweet whatever podcast he's on. Uh, I'll be prepared for that. I will. Uh, I, I would take it because he'll be. I'll probably he'll probably be good for quotes um, mm-hmm. if, that, if that all happens. So, okay, main event time, Anthony. Let's talk about KCP. So, there's been a little bit of buzz, not not a full fledged rumor that I have seen so far about Atlanta, but considering he is from Georgia, he played at UGA. Hawks have cap space and KCP I think is going to opt out of the player option let's start there do you think he's going to opt out because I'm assuming he's going to oh yeah he he has to yeah it's just he was I, I say the Lakers from the start of the bubble or start of the playoffs to the end of them their best their third best player and best role player uh I thought you know and and he was doing so by the way playing out of position it was insane the production that he was he was giving them uh, once Avery Bradley went out, and seeing as you didn't want to really rely too heavily on Alex Caruso, even though we know he's a good player, he's still a rookie, you know, or not a rookie, but it's his first time in that situation. And then, you know, Rondo is is this other, you know, point guard who steps in, but that's a completely different role. And Dudley was asked to guard Damian Lillard. He was asked to guard Russell Westbrook in some stretches. He was asked to guard James Harden on switches. And and by the way, the Lakers were switching everything. So he was asked to guard all kinds of other people. We're just talking about his primary assignments. And you go, you know, Jamal Murray, Tyler Hero, 
just some of the some of the you know in Murray and Hero's cases, two of the best stories in the NBA playoffs, and and he took that assignment, and then and then also by the way was their best three point shooter, and and became somebody who for some reason, and I never would have predicted this. He, when he was taking open three pointers, you were surprised when he missed, and I, I, I didn't know what world we were living in there. Yeah, I mean, it's funny. I've always said this about Caldwell Pope, but when he came out of Georgia, he was actually known as an offense guy. He was supposed mm-hmm. to be this great shooter, um, and then he sort of waxed and waned as a shooter in his early career, and actually became much more known for his defense. And the jump shots come along, like the last two. I think the last couple of years it's about 37 37% from three with the Lakers all, all told it's not always been consistent but he's a pretty good shooter he's not an incredible shooter but he's mm-hmm. fine he can defend he's a two-way player and I think obviously the timing is good because he was probably their third best player in the run um overall yeah. um the timing is good for him to hit, for him to hit free agency and I think honestly this is one thing I want to just make sure I say out loud of the teams that have cap space so the teams that can offer more than the mid-level exception I think the Hawks are the only team that makes sense for Call of Pope. That's not the Lakers. Does that make sense? I mean, I, I feel like, yeah, maybe some teams want to offer him the, the mid-level, but if it's if, if it's the mid-level, I feel like the Lakers are just going to pay that. Yeah, um, he just stay. Right. So if you're trying to find, the, you know, all the cast best teams, the Knicks, um, you know, all those other, they're all bad teams, but the Hawks are the least bad of them, and they also have the local connection, and they have a, maybe not a playoff mandate, but they're definitely trying to make the playoffs next year. So if you put all that together... I'm. This is not me reporting anything, but I'm just guessing that if he leaves Los Angeles, if that's a big if, I think the most likely spot for him to go has always been Atlanta. Yeah, I think that that makes some sense. I, I think he's going to go wherever pays him the most amount of money for the longest amount of years. He's been yeah, on. That makes sense. <laughs> he's, he's been he's been on. Uh, you know, obviously he's been overpaid. You know, the first year I think he was paid like seventeen million dollars, uh, and then he. Or it might have been no, I think he made like twenty million dollars in that first contract, and then he's made seventeen total over the last. Or he would have made if he opts into this contract another seventeen. So thirty-seven over three million for for Contavious Caldwell Pope is quite a bit of money, uh, and and yet feels like a fair contract for him, given what he just did in the finals. If he if he can if he can just double that and then know that's what he's getting uh, for the entirety of his next deal, I think that's what he would what he would immediately sign up for. And, you know, I wouldn't hurt, I wouldn't hate anybody for giving it to him. You maybe a little bit less, obviously the lower on that you can possibly go the better. It's fair to wonder whether or not his production was a, was a result of how wide open he was because he was playing with LeBron and AD. Uh, But even there playing on Atlanta, uh, he's going to get a ton of open looks there too, because of all the, uh, all the, uh, attention that that Trey Young and Kevin Herter are going to get, and and uh, I I actually really like the fit. Now, personally, I would probably want a bigger two guard than KCP to play alongside Trey, just so that if their best player, if the opposing best player is a two guard, you can put KCP on or the the two guard on him, and then obviously if it's a point guard, you can you can do that with and and try to hide Trey a little bit more. KCP really struggles against size, so guys like James Harden, guys like poor Kawhi, poor KCP when <laughs> when Kawhi was had the ball was just sad to watch. Uh, but but overall, a, a very useful role player that 
in in any normal circumstance where the the league isn't coming off of you know potential billion dollar losses, he probably really gets paid this this next off season. Yeah, so I want to ask you, and this this could be different numbers, but I guess one question is, what do you think he should get? Like, what's he actually worth? Let's say on a four year deal, he's twenty seven now. He'll be twenty eight in February, so he's not like he's not past his prime. Might be getting a little bit towards the end of it by the end of the deal. But a, what do you think he is actually worth on a four year deal? And B, this is a different question that I'm asking mm-hmm. you, but. What where is the Lakers pain point? Like what would it actually take to get him out of LA? Um, if you're another team like the Hawks or somebody else trying to get him to sign somewhere else, like where is the where is the lowest point in which the Lakers might let him go? I think ideally because I'm of the mind as the Lakers go, uh now the, my approach to it is going to be very different from theirs because of the clutch connection, because of the way the Lakers just do business in general. Sure. But I'm of the opinion that you should not overpay role players while you have LeBron James and Anthony Davis. Like those guys are going to make every role player better. And you're going to get so many guys who are ring chasing that you don't have to roll pay, uh, overpay to, to, to bring them in. So I, I, you know, if, he was scheduled to make uh, eight and a half million this next uh, uh, season if he just opted in. I would imagine he's looking for at least a couple million more per year. So I would say that probably puts him at like a a four year, thirty eight to forty ish million dollar uh, contract. It, that's probably what what he probably headed into the market looking for. I think the for me personally. I wouldn't want to go too much higher than the eight and a half that he was scheduled to make for the Lakers. Uh, but, and then from, from their standpoint, I, I think from their standpoint, it doesn't really matter. I think they're bringing him back no matter what. I, if, <laughs> it's just, you have the clutch thing and all of that stuff. I just think, and, and like the Lakers, they treat their champions really well. If, if you win a championship with the Lakers, uh, they, you know, unless like, I remember Derek Fisher got crazy overpaid by golden state. Uh, that one, that first off season that he, he left the Lakers for trying to think beyond that though. Most of their role players, they, they usually brought them back unless they were at the tail end and, and the role player just wanted to leave. Like Robert Ori just wanted to leave. He was, he was done. Yeah. So, I mean, it, it helps, it helps to print money. And I know this is sort of a weird yeah. situation right now with the lack of arena and fans and stuff, but the Lakers have the best TV deal in the league. They just have so much money that the cat, I mean, the tax doesn't bother them as much as other teams. So there's something to be said for that. I mean, the fact that you said that you think they're just going to bring them back regardless is yeah. interesting to me. Like, I think that's kind of what I assumed. Like, I think it's going to take a lot to get him out of that situation. Um, you know, just for the, for what it's worth, Bobby Marks projected KCP to get between 12 and $14 million yeah. starting salary. Like I feel like, and, and I guess you can disagree. You can correct me if I'm wrong. I felt like seeing that the first time that the Lakers, the Lakers would just match that. And that wouldn't be enough to get him out of there. Yeah. I, I just think, so the other thing to keep in mind with KCP and <laughs> I mean, it's, there's no kind of gentle way of saying this. He's the reason the Lakers were able to tamper with tamper with LeBron, and he's been he's played just about every game uh, with the Lakers since he's shown up. He 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 has not gotten hurt with them. 
uh, was accepting of every role in every situation. It's easy to to accept that kind of stuff when you're getting paid twenty million dollars in your first year with the organization. Uh, but but you know, still, I just think they they really value him from the standpoint of the role that acquiring him played in in eventually landing LeBron, and then the production that he had when when they won their championship, and and like the other, he's just really valuable to what they do. He usually when you think of point guards alongside LeBron James, you think of can they hit open shots, uh, can they not turn the ball over. And then can they play good enough defense to be and and be switchable on on that end of the court? And obviously KCP isn't your traditional like pick and roll ball handling point guard, but he checks most of those boxes off and he's clutch, you know, <laughs> both both in the sense of what he was doing in that in that postseason run, but also the agency that he that he is represented by. So I just I would be shocked if he isn't a Laker next year. Yeah, that's kind of what I thought you would say, to be honest with you, and that that all makes sense. I mean, it's um, the Lakers have so much money that normal teams might worry a little bit about the about the tax mm-hmm. if you're paying him a bunch of money, um, especially with everything else that they have to uh, commit to, and maybe you maybe use the mid level and all that stuff to try to get better. But the Lakers just don't have that same concern, and not that he's irreplaceable, but if you have the, if you're the Lakers and money's not an object. You don't want to let guys go that can help you win. And he's not old. Like there's not there's not really a fear of him just falling off and being useless. Like maybe he won't be as good as he was in this run, but I I can't see him not being a rotation player for you the next couple of years. So if you're Lakers, yeah. it's not it's not worth letting that guy go unless the money is just like so ridiculous. Like, yeah, if the Hawks offered him four for eighty, like <laughs> maybe he maybe maybe that's enough to get him, but like I wouldn't do that. So yeah. There's all. I mean, I I had the same conversation, or at least a similar one. As I was not not the same money, monetary stuff with the Nuggets, but I talked to Adam Morris about this with with Jeremy Grant, and he's basically like, you know, at the end of the day, unless the money's crazy, they're gonna bring him back. And I feel like that's kind of the same sentiment here with KCP. It's a different situation, but it's also kind of similar. Like you you just don't want to lose the asset, and unless it's a wild overpay, like a Tim Hardaway Jr. to the Knicks deal that I always use as my reference point when he got when he left the Hawks, the Hawks didn't match it because it was like such a comical overpay, and they knew it. It would have to be something like that. And if I'm the Hawks, I can't recommend the amount of money that it probably takes to get him away from the Lakers. What hurts what hurts the Lakers in this sense is, and I agree with everything that you're saying there, like the 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 fact that the Lakers have such a consistent revenue stream, especially now that they're winning, uh, that it doesn't really the 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 financial hit, any kind of luxury tax hit, like the Lakers, the buses have never cared about that and and they especially aren't gonna care about it now. But what does hurt is that he isn't a bird rights guy. You know, he's, he's, if, if they, you know, if they do want to make a couple acquisitions, they would have to figure out the situation with, with, uh, KCP before they do anything. And then like the last thing that the last reason why I think the Lakers would just match anybody or any offer here on KCP is so long as it's, it's a short enough term contract, he's still a trade chip. Yep. You know, he's still and and given the salaries of some of the guys that might become available over the course of the season, if he does get a bloated contract, well, that's just money. Like, I, I know when when all those Chris Paul rumors first popped up, people were just saying, you know, cat people, capologists in, amongst Lakers Twitter were just saying, yeah, we'll just pay 
Contavious Caldwell Pope as much as you can, <laughs> and then just send him to OKC eventually when when Chris Paul becomes available. So uh, I, you know, I, I just I he's so valuable. He was so good to you know in this in this finals run, and uh, the Lakers just tend to treat those guys really really well. And you add on top of that the clutch influence in the front office, and I just couldn't see him possibly leaving. Yeah, I'm glad you brought that up because it's interesting to point that out because of the trade stuff. You don't always think about needing matching salary, but if you're the Lakers, you don't have a ton of like mid-tier salary. If you want to go out and make a splash, it isn't as easy. I I know you know this um, from having to deal with Lakers Twitter making up fake trades all day, um, (laughs) as I do with Hawks Twitter. But yeah. It's not always easy to, especially if you want to trade for a star, which is always everyone's favorite concept is to try to trade for a star. Stars make a lot of money and the Lakers, mm-hmm. at least this year, it would have been really hard for the Lakers to like do that. Almost impossible. I mean, Danny Green has that mid-tier salary, but he's the only one. Um, if you add in KCP and suddenly you can package those guys together or whatever, there is some fungibility there. And, uh, you know, the clutch thing is certainly lingering, but KCP helps you. I mean, that's, at the end of the day, there's a reason why I get asked about him and why I think it's probably he's one of the better guys the Hawks could sign in a vacuum is that he would help them. He's a two-way guy. He, he's just he's a good player. He's a good yeah. role player to have. It's just practically speaking he's not a restricted free agent, but he almost is with the way the Lakers are. Like I can't see him wanting to leave. That's the other thing about this. Like yeah. not, not every guy wants to stay where they are, but given the actions the last few years, I mean, all indications are, I have no reason to believe otherwise that he probably just wants to stay in LA if all things are equal. So that matters too. Well, I mean, look, think of it from his perspective. He's been kind of a joke for the, you know, from most of the time that he's been a Laker. Wouldn't you want to stick around now that he's going to be celebrated? <laughs> and the only reason why, honestly, the only reason why it comes up in Atlanta is because this gets overrated, but he, because he's quote unquote from here, the Hawks, mm-hmm. that's why the Hawks stuff pops up even more. In addition to all the stuff I said before yeah. about the Hawks being the most logical team, like even just take out, take out the hometown discount, whatever the thing is, they probably are the most logical team for him, but he's just going to get tied to the Hawks because a, if you're clutch, if you're his representation, uh, I said the same thing about non-clutch clients, like with Dallas Bertans or Jeremy Grant or whoever else, the Hawks are the perfect team for your agent to float as a suitor for you to drive the price up. That's just the logical thing. That's the logical mm-hmm. thing for all of these guys. Cause the Hawks are the one team of all the cast based teams. That's trying to yeah. win. <laughs> They're trying to win next year. And they have this yeah. intriguing young core. They have a star in Trey young. Like if you're an agent, it just makes so much sense to be like, look, the Hawks want my guy. Of the price, and even more so with KCP, who's from here, like he can, he can he can dangle that card even easier. I just don't think he. I don't even think Rich Paul would have to do that. To Maybe not. I mean, it's, that's obviously a weird situation. Uh, you know, in the with the Lakers, like it's, it probably more applies to guys like Bertans and Derek Jones Jr. Yeah. or whoever else. The Lakers no, are you, so weird because they have so much money and they just won the title and all that stuff. Yeah, they're they're in this. I mean that. The first year that they had this kind of clutch relationship where it was very clear that there's there's influence in the front office, you have that honeymoon phase, and then obviously it's a disaster because of Magic Johnson's experiment and then him piecing out right before the end of the season. And then you know you go from that to immediately winning a championship, and everybody involved is saying, why don't we just do this forever? And And it kind of feels like the 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 George Steinbrenner influence over the Yankees, or no, not the Steinbrenner, um, Scott Boris's influence over the Yankees, where why don't we just guide all my clients to you and you have the money to pay them anyway? Let's just keep this thing going, and and it feels like the beginning of that relationship. Now, 
eventually that didn't go very well for very, you know, for particularly long, but it, it was a thing for a little bit. And I think that's kind of what we're going to see here with clutch and the Lakers. There you have it. I think we've poured enough water on the situation. Uh, I still think after all that, um, it might be a very, very, very small percentage. I think if, if I had to pick one team for him to go to, that's not the Lakers. It probably is the Hawks, but it doesn't seem likely to me. Just my, just, just my, again, not, that's not me reporting anything. Just, just an educated guess. I think. Yeah, I, I, you know, I'm not a reporter in any way, shape, or form. So anybody who would try to aggregate this, like, good luck. <laughs> I occasionally, I can, I, I can occasionally report, but it's not my, uh, not my number one thing all the time to, especially to break news, because it's not, you know, it's hard. It's hard to do that. It's usually better to leave that up to the experts, i.e., yeah. the uh, the national guys, especially in the NBA. It's a very national. Uh, very national sport to break news on. There's there there are some there are some local people that break some stuff occasionally, but um yeah it's tough. Anyway, yeah, I, there's no payoff there. You're, <laughs> you're gonna be wrong sometimes. I've broken a couple things, but they're always very small. Like I, I broke the uh, the Paul Watson trade this year for the Hawks. Hot damn. Yeah, Hawks uh, <laughs> Hawks ten day contract legend Paul Watson. All right, well uh, Anthony, thanks so much for joining me, man. Please plug all your stuff. I know you are uh, Lakers focused, but maybe people want to listen to that because. Uh, you cover the reigning champion, so I'm sure you've been uh, bathing in extra followers and listeners right now. Nope. No. No. <laughs> no, I, it's, uh, so I do host Locked on Lakers. That's obviously everywhere you find this podcast. I also do on Fridays Locked on NBA with Adam uh, Maris. And then two days a week, I'm over at Silver Screen and Roll doing their uh, podcast as well. So it's, it's very Lakers centric. Uh, if you, if you hate Lakers exceptionalism, probably want to skip over mine but if you want to hear it and hate listen to it then then come on over and 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 dive into my mentions i'm sure there will be some hate listening somewhere if nothing <laughs> else you can i always recommend this you can just download it you don't have to listen you can just yeah. subscribe to all the locked on podcasts download them and then delete them it's totally fine locked on nba though is i would recommend even if you're you, you don't always talk about the lakers on that show so that's that's a national show yeah I, if Adam wouldn't let me talk about the Lakers. Well, every show. He, he just wants to talk about the Nuggets. So it's he, would, not like... he, would shoot, he would shoot me through the computer if I tried to bring up the Lakers every single show. I'm not Bill Simmons. Recent recent podcast guest, Adam Mara. So shouts to Adam. Shouts to you yeah. as well, Anthony. Thanks for doing this, man. Um, if you ever need me to come on and talk about something, I'm happy to return the favor. But I, I doubt it's going to be the case. But if you ever need me, I'll be here. Well, Trey Young is a future Laker, according to some Lakers Twitter people. I mean, so. Trey Young is a clutch client. So <laughs> there you to, go. to bring it all full circle, Troy Young is a clutch <laughs> client. We will leave it right there. Uh, thank, thank you so much for joining me, man. Uh, as for everybody else, please subscribe to the podcast. Check out all of Anthony's work. Subscribe, download. And we'll see you next time.